Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike Blute and Joe Galena in for this segment, bringing Jason Braddock along in a minute. Before I do, I just want to tell everybody to get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Here's how it works. One, just create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. Two, make a deposit. Three, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it up to $500. So just go to sportsgrid.com backslash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com backslash DK and act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. If you have a gambling problem, please, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over, New Jersey only. And eligibility restrictions apply. So see website for details. We're going to bring them in right now. Uh, our friend Jason Braddock. Jason, uh, you and I were messaging yesterday. And it's Houston in the summertime, and it's uh, training camp. So it's hot as Hades down there, right? Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, Humidity is always bad. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. But uh, always fun to get back to football, getting out there, see, uh, seeing what's going on up close and personal. Yeah, of course. So you can find Jason on Twitter at Jason Braddock. That's J-A-Y-S-O-N Braddock is B-R-A-D-D-O-C-K. I'll, I'll tweet it out after this because uh, he just does uh, uh, kick butt interviews. So Couple of, a bunch of pieces of news out of the AFC South this morning. I, I feel like it's the strongest division top to bottom. Uh, news for you that you can update us on. Uh, a, uh, Deontay Freeman gets released. And two, Jadavian Clowney talk as to whether or not he's coming back. Bill O'Brien just doesn't really want to talk about it anymore. So those two items give us an update. Yeah, on um, Deontay Foreman, uh, this is a guy, uh, Bill O'Brien made some news uh, about a week ago uh, when he was asked about, you know, what's the depth chart look behind, after, uh, look look like behind the top two running backs, and he quickly quipped back like, well, who's your top two? The reporter replied, uh, Lamar Miller and Deontay Foreman, and O'Brien quickly once again said, well, I, I would say there's Lamar Miller. So obviously adding pause to the general consensus that Deontay Foreman is that solidified number two. And then obviously with the news coming down today, that Foreman uh, has been waived, that uh, there was proof in the put in there. And now with Bill O'Brien being that de, de facto GM, um, he's going to go off of his raw emotions. And in the past, that's been an issue. Obviously, reports came out years ago and multiple times that when there's been a guy that's rubbed them the wrong way, that O'Brien was ready to move on. And Rick Smith in the past had to step in when he was the GM and say, no, we can't wave this guy. One time, probably the most uh, foretold time, was when he wanted to move on from Ryan Mallett after he missed the, uh, you know, he was late. And he was ready to cut him. And Rick Smith's like, listen, we only got two quarterbacks, two other quarterbacks on the roster. You know, we need to have Mallett. And he had to convince O'Brien from cutting Ryan Mallett at that point. But there's also... Some other issues probably behind the scene that uh, I'm sure may come to the forefront over the next coming weeks and months. So uh, it's just not as clear cut as that. Uh, one of the big issues is special teams. Bill O'Brien is huge on special teams, and that's not something that uh, he had been pleased with, with the play of Deontay Foreman on special teams and practice happens, if you would. All right, Jason, thanks uh, for coming on. Good talking to you again. Uh, so 
Talk a little bit about uh, Bill O'Brien and, uh, you know, he's basically, it seems like he's gotten two GMs fired within the past uh, couple of seasons. Uh, Brian Gain uh, was fired in June. Uh, how much of a role did Bill O'Brien have in this season's draft? And is this a Bill O'Brien team or like in a perfect world, what would a Bill O'Brien team look like? I mean, uh, you know, is there a- anything missing? Do you think that, uh, that he, that he's happy with the construction of, of this roster? I mean, you know, what's his issue with dealing with, with GMs? Is it a con- controlling issue? Uh, yeah, Bill O'Brien's always wanted to be uh, have a similar structure, similar to what Bill Belichick and where he came from in New England, where there's other guys that factor in, they can put their input, but at the end of the day, uh, Bill Belichick's going to have his stamp of approval on everything. That's what Bill Belichick. Uh, that's what Bill O'Brien, excuse me, has wanted to have in place since he came here in 2014. Uh, there was obviously a power struggle between him and Rick Smith. Evidently, he finally won out, and Rick Smith was replaced. With what we were told at the time was uh, Bill O'Brien's guy, Brian Gain, bringing Brian Gain back. He had such a great relationship with him. This is Bill O'Brien's guy. Blah blah blah. They're on, you know, they're in the same on the same page with everything on football operations, the backside, everything else. Then lo and behold. Uh, not even the two years into him being as the GM, the draft passes free agency, and then moving on from uh, moving on from Brian Gaines to evidently go after Nick Casero, who is Bill O'Brien's guy. They they are perfectly aligned. Alignment, alignment, alignment was the message that was continuously passed. Well. New owner, Cal McNair, after his dad, Bob McNair, passed, and Bill O'Brien, evidently after Jack Easterby, who was formerly with the Patriots organization, uh, had met at the ring ceremony with Nick Casario, didn't do enough legwork, if you will, to find out that there was writing in the contract that Nick Casario uh, couldn't leave for you know, for another position with another team unless it was just dedicated right. And getting into all the elements of it. And as a owner and a head coach, you cannot make that move to fire your GM this late into the off season without not, you know, without knowing the terminology and the writing in the contract. And then if you are going to make that move, you can't just cowtail to the new England Patriots when they slap your hand and tell you like, no, uh, we're going to get you for tampering on this. Well, there's been some questions that I think valid questions brought up to where, whether, uh, it was valid for the Patriots to have that writing in Nick Casario's contract. But instead of fighting them on it, like we've seen in the past so often, Houston wants to keep that relationship to their big brother, New England, and not push him back on this. And it was just a bad sight. You look like the little brother. You look like a minor league organization uh, just cowering away from the New England Patriots. So they plan on going throughout the rest of this season with Bill O'Brien, Jack Easterby, Chris Olson, the cap guy, and the director of pro scouting and college scouting, all of those guys basically as the genius of the round table, if you will. But make no mistake about it, it's Bill O'Brien's show to run, and I think that was proved today with the uh, waiver of Deontay Foreman after O'Brien was so open about his disgust with some of the practice elements in Deontay Foreman's game. 
Again, we're with Jason Braddock. Uh, he joins us uh, from Texans training camp. You find him on Twitter at Jason Braddock. So uh, it's especially odd considering that there's already stories out there that Casario is just going to join them next year. I don't know why they would just wouldn't work through it now when they need a GM. But l- let me focus on the team here for a sec. Obviously, the offensive line was a massive issue. It has been for a couple of years, and it really came to a head last year. Despite the fact that they were winning games, it was putting Deshaun Watson in a tough spot. They addressed it very specifically with the first two uh, picks of this year's draft in Titus Howard and Max Sharping. People were surprised at Howard being taken where he was taken, but nonetheless, they're trying to plug a couple of holes here. So what is your take on those two rookies, the overall improvement, possibly, of the offensive line, and is it going to be enough to keep Watson relatively healthy? Yeah, I would say the uh, first off um, – Matt Khalil's probably been the most pleasant surprise. Uh, looks to be in the best shape I've seen him in his entire career. He's moving along well. Uh, he hasn't looked like a guy that's watched. He hasn't looked like the guy uh, towards the end of his career in Minnesota and the uh, uh, bad years there with the Carolina Panthers. So I would say they've got found, uh, found money with Matt Khalil. And, uh, and where, they're, where they sit with the roster currently, I would say week one, the expectation is Matt Khalil actually goes out there and uh, starts at left tackle uh, for the foreseeable future. Now, Titus Howard, I know a lot of people were down on that pick, but myself, I, a week before the draft, had tweeted out that if I was selecting an offensive lineman in the first round there where the Texans were, it would be Titus Howard. I think he probably got a knock um, because he just wasn't a household name, played at a smaller school, but you watch his stature, his movement ability, his size, and everything else. He's a perfect fit. Now, now, the early part of training camp down here, he has been playing uh, left tackle, left guard, but they have to force the issue there at left tackle right now because you have Matt Khalil. You're not, not going to ask a guy if he's playing it well, uh, a vet guy, to kick into a guard position. So they've been playing Titus Howard for the most part at left guard. Two practices ago, though, Titus Howard kind of had his ankle rolled back on. DJ Reader got into his chest, pushed him back, and then the offensive lineman next to uh, Titus Howard, <clears throat> I believe it was Greg Mance at that time, was uh, – basically over the top, over the right ankle on Titus Howard. So he's been banged up the last two practices and has not played the last two practices. So I would say that would probably be the biggest concern for Titus Howard right now because outside of that, he has played well and looks like one of the best offensive linemen for the Texas. Max Sharping, they've kicked around a little bit between uh, guard for the most part specifically the right guard spot, and uh, they gave him some reps at yesterday's practice at right tackle. Uh, the tackle spot does not look like that will be his home. If he finds a home uh, year one, it would probably be that right guard spot. And I think that's something that uh, he's having a little bit more of adjustment period to the NFL level than you're, you're seeing with Titus Howard. But, um, you know, Trent Williams is out there, and with almost $40 million of salary cap room this year, over $80 million of salary cap room next year, if the Texans don't at least make multiple phone calls to Washington to see if Trent Williams can be had, I, I think that's a, um, I think that's an unforgivable mistake. Yeah, and with all that cap room uh, left over, we were talking earlier in the show, and you bring up a great point, uh, the, you know, the Texans call in Washington. What about 
possibly contacting the Chargers, you, you know, and seeing uh, kicking the tires regarding uh, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, there's some thought on Melvin Gordon, but I just uh, it, with what Lamar Miller has shown this off season, and now with Deontay Foreman going, on, Lamar Miller has come in. He's played out that entire free agency contract. He looks to be in great shape this offseason, looks to even be quicker, and he spoke about that uh, last week when he was talking about he's done a lot of work this offseason with Frank Gore. And what's key about that is you're looking at a guy with over 15,000 career rushing yards that continues to do it year after year, even at his current age. And he said some tips Frank Gore gave him was as a vet running back in this league, continue to bring down your body mass every year. So you can stay fast, you can stay quicker, and that's what you're seeing from Lamar Miller. I wouldn't specifically say a smaller Lamar Miller. I would say probably more streamlined, still cut up, and he's playing quicker as well. And he's the only guy that you can trust out of all these running backs. Uh, he's the only guy you can trust on pass protection, which still questions on the offensive line time, and everything yeah. else. I mean, I think Lamar Miller is uh, still of a fantasy value. People want to continue to push him out every year, but he's going to be a steady producer. Uh, I like it. Uh, so that's a good tip. Obviously, we know Deshaun and DeAndre are going to be uh, incredible producers on the, uh, for fantasy owners. How about everybody else? Give me a sense of Fuller and Kute, and then the tight end position, where you have a bunch of guys that drafted Kali Waring, who I like long-term, but can he make an impact as a rookie? That's a lot to ask for a guy that just started playing football a few years ago. So yeah, uh, give me some thoughts on Fuller, Kute, and then the tight end. Yeah, absolutely. All great points there. Uh, Will Fuller, uh, 11 touchdowns in 11 regular season games when he plays with Deshaun Watson. That tells you all you need to know about Will Fuller. If he's healthy, if he's playing, he's going to be a mass producer for you. Uh, He's healthy out there. Coming off of another severe injury, he's out there. He's playing. He's saying he's not at 100%. You can't tell because he's flying around the field, looks good, leaving guys in his dust. Uh, so the only question with Will Fuller is if he can stay healthy through throughout the entire 16-game season. Even Bill O'Brien spoke on that and saying, uh, basically paraphrasing, saying the exact same thing. It's Fuller. We just want to see him for 16 games. So uh, there's nothing special I can give you on that. I can't. I mean, law of averages, I would say it's stacked against them because every year it seems to <laughs> – Excuse me. Every year seems to be a nagging injury for him. But if he's healthy and he stays on the field, he's going to be a producer for you, whether you uh, look to target him in DFS early on while you know he has that health, or if you try to roll the dice on a season long and hope for a 16-game full season. Kiki QT, uh, he is the perfect slot guy for Bill O'Brien offense. Uh, Bill O'Brien's first year in Houston, we asked him about the offense, and he said the key position is that slot position. He's never had that guy. He's finally got Kiki QT they found last year. He had hamstring injuries coming early on into camp. Uh, They tried to rush him back a little bit too much, so he struggled with it all year. But look, he was the top receiving uh, producer in the playoff game against the Colts. Kiki QT is a guy that, especially in PPR formats, is going to be gold. Because I don't think, you look throughout his career, even his former coaches in college, they all say he's not a guy that struggled with this long injury history. I just think he had a hamstring, hit him at the wrong time. Wanted to come back earlier than he should have. Kiki QT is a guy that I definitely think, especially again in all PP, you know, PPR formats, that you really want to target because I think with Deshaun Watson, 
especially if there's still some concerns with the O-line. Deshaun's getting the ball out quick, and here you go, and a guy in Kiki QT that can run those underneath routes and get you yak after the catch. Uh, so at the tight end position, Jordan Thomas going to be the main guy there, or is this ball going to be spread well, around? Well, I would – I would definitely say Jordan Thomas would be the plan to be the main guy. The issue is, is after those first two practices, he hasn't practiced. Um, what I'm hearing, they, you know, Bill O'Brien and the Texans aren't really open with um, injuries. But uh, what I'm hearing is that it's a hamstring injury with Jordan Thomas. O'Brien's starting to get frustrated without Jordan Thomas being out on the field. Keep keeps him that he needs to get back out there before the uh, before the injury that's costing him this every practice since the first two. He was looking like a breakout monster for this season. Jordan Akins is a guy that can move around, catch the ball very well. And Darren Fells is going to get a lot of rep. At 6'7", 280, he looks like another tackle. And with their issues specific, he'll be on the field a lot just as that blocker to secure Deshaun Watson's time in the pocket. Uh, you mentioned Cahill Waring. I would say he's just got on the field this year, and I completely agree with you. This tight end, there's a lot to learn from. I think he's going to struggle, and I wouldn't expect anything from him until year three. Good stuff out of Jason Braddock. Thanks for joining us, Jason. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Jason Braddock for all Texans news. Thanks.